0: Welcome to the family with Hackmaster, Ralph Gavish, MD,
1: co-host, Catherine Brandt,
2: Andy Brent Bernard,
1: and Cassie Schrader.
0: Special guest, Rod Pyle, up next with the family, Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent
3: people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
0: Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Look who's all clever with the intro music. That works for me. I like it. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the groundbreaking Apollo 11 mission, this lavishly illustrated book featuring stunning photographs and many rarely seen images and documents tells the incredible story of the first men on the moon. First on the moon, the Apollo 11 50th anniversary experience. Rod Pyle, our special guest. How are you doing, Rod? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Marvelous. I remember this very day. Uh, I don't think you can hear me. I'm not on air for you. Oh, I can hear you. You can okay, good. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Good. You sound really, really good. As a matter of fact, you sound very. um, Yeah, I, I do remember this day. I was not very old when it happened, but, you know, Rod, does any of this have to do with the fact that the 1960s in America and pretty much around the world was a very tumultuous period? A lot of, starting with Medgar Evers and JFK, and going all the way through 1968, and this happened in July 1969. Do you think part of it, not like I'm saying they rushed it or anything like that, but showing our good side, showing the great side of being an American and being a human being, did that have anything to do with the timing of this mission?
4: Well, it certainly was rushed. I mean, Kennedy made this proclamation in 1961, we're going to the moon, guys, which (laughs) NASA said, uh, great <laughs> because they knew there was an awful lot to do and in, in a way didn't even really know what questions to ask yet we just started thinking about this and then come 1968 when Apollo 8 first looped the moon the schedule was already highly accelerated we were basically waiting for the lunar module to get ready because it was behind schedule mm. but um, we'd gotten reports from the CIA that there was a lot of activity happening at a very large launch pad in the Soviet Union and we suddenly saw what looked very much like another Saturn v, a moon, their moon rocket, which ended up not working, but they were starting to put things together out there. And so they put the pedal down on the on the accelerator, and Apollo 8 flew without a lunar module. So it orbited the moon, very risky mission, because if that main engine had failed, they'd still be there, which would not be good. Mm. And then finally, Apollo 11 flies in July of 69. Um, about where they wanted it to time-wise and again they were waiting for that lunar module because it was having developmental problems but what a spectacular mission and i was 11 at the time and uh like you was probably watching it on a very big box very small screen black and white tv which is kind of hard to imagine these days i tell my son what it was like and he just looks at me like i'm some kind of cro-magnon man but what an incredible day
0: yeah, you know, it was, absolutely. And, it, and you were, I mean, I was a little boy, and you were as well, but it it did make you very proud to be an American that day, I'll tell you that. Uh, very uh, very it, it, touching.
4: It did, and, and even up through the the Gemini missions, I mean, the, the pride was palpable. It was a very nationalistic time. Interestingly, it almost wasn't. Um, shortly after that, that lunar announcement that Kennedy made, he made quiet overtures to Khrushchev and the Soviet Union saying, you know, we could do this together a lot easier than, than doing it separately. And, uh, although Apollo was very much a geopolitical decision, it was really a way to try and, uh, match the Soviet Union's accomplishments in space and exceed them. It was the only thing we could figure out that was hard enough that we could do before they could. But very shortly after that announcement, he did make quiet overtures to Khrushchev, which were rebuffed silently. And um, so it could have been an international program. But in the end, of course, it wasn't. During the mid 60s, as Gemini was catching up with and surpassing Soviet achievements in space, uh, there was a notion that that uh, this this may not actually come to pass. There was a lot of pushback on Apollo as opposed to what is commonly thought the nation was united behind this. The actual support was about the same as it is now, about 50% came and went depending on which mission was flying. But um, there there are a number of junctions where this whole thing could have come grinding to a halt, especially after the fire of Apollo one, which Mm -hmm. killed the astronauts on the ground, but it didn't. And it was a, a time of
0: great nationalism really. It was. I remember it fondly.
5: Do you uh, do you think that this is the trip, of the man on Mars is going to be a similar situation where it's going to be a national pride kind of thing where maybe China uh, is going to start pushing to <laughs> get there before us, before Elon?
4: Ah, that is such a hard one to answer. So as, as your audience may or may not know, Elon Musk has announced that he's building a large spacecraft called Starship now. It's changed his name a few times capable of carrying up to 80 people to Mars and back. And he has an aspirational date of 2024. Not many of us think he's going to make that but that's what he's trying for. At the same time, the United States has been talking about doing a NASA led human mission to Mars since really since the mid 1960s, that was supposed to be one of the follow on projects for Apollo. Could we have done it earlier? Probably could we've done it safely? It's hard to say we've learned a lot more about long duration spaceflight Mars is if you do it right, it's a couple of years with the round trip and the stay mm-hmm. time on the surface. So that's a lot of time out in that high radiation environment. There's a lot of radiation in space and weightlessness is tough on the body. So I think there's a good chance it'll be a government-led program first, but Musk has certainly given them a run for their money. China said maybe 2040
0: on their side. They're really emphasizing the moon right now. They want humans on the moon. They want humans on the moon. One thing I would uh, I would tell Mr. Elon Musk you gotta pick your battles better because he's in a fight right now with Pablo Escobar's brother Roberto, which most people don't win fights with the Escobar family. <laughs> we'll tell you that. Yeah.
4: Well, and and has sued the Air Force in the past to yes. gain access to bidding on, on
0: flight contracts, which I think was a legitimate beef. <laughs> right. But um, you know, it's tough when you sue your clients. No doubt about it. You know, I, I I do remember sitting, like you said, the television the the television Itself was the size of your house, and then the screen was about the size of a dinner plate. But but other than that, it was. And one thing I did I I did ask my mother when we got our very first color television, I said, "Do you think the colors will ever be like the same as they are in life?" Because the colors, the tints, and were way off. It was like, and they still are. They still are off. That's true. Uh, that's interesting stuff.
4: But it was, and, and we were supposed to have uh, color television from the moon on the second Apollo landing, yeah. Apollo twelve. And as you probably remember, that that lasted about eight minutes until mm-hmm. the camera was inadvertently panned past the sun and burned out, <laughs> and it turned into a radio show. So we had
6: <laughs>
4: spacewalks of a couple hours each. Um, yeah. CBS had a couple of. Uh, of Grumman employees at the Long Island plant where Grumman had built the lunar modules in a beautiful concrete moonscape they use for training with a full scale lunar module. So most of us watch CBS. ABC had to scramble and run down to, as I understand it, Western Costume in Hollywood to get a couple of oh moon suits that weren't quite right
0: in oh a backdrop.
4: NBC, however, was the real loser that day because they had, for some reason, hired the puppeteer that did the marionette sequence in The Sound of Music, and so the NBC simulation looked like something out of Thunderbirds Ago. We had (laughs) marionettes with hammers taped in their hands, and of course every time one of the astronauts, uh, you know, either Pecan or or Albin during the moonwalk would say, hey, hand me the hammer. You'd have to cut away to a picture of the Earth, and then cut back to these puppets with a hammer taped in their hands, kind of lamely banging on (laughs) something. So, it was not a great moment, but but soon after we had color TV,
0: and that was that was incredible. Yeah, it was soon afterward. You're absolutely right. Why do you think, Rod? We're talking to Rod Pyle about his book, First on the Moon: The Apollo Eleven to 50th Anniversary Experience. Why do so many people? It seems like a lot of people, in any case, want to believe that this never happened. That it was all fake. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Capricorn One, I think it was called. Yeah. But why do they want to think, what, what is the upside of faking a moon landing? I don't understand <laughs> that. Well, I guess the
4: contention is that it was too hard to do with 1960s technology. And looking back 50 years, it is amazing that it works, given yes. that we were mm-hmm. just off of vacuum tubes and tin toys. But <laughs> I think that what's so attractive about conspiracies, and there are many, of course, Kennedy assassination, 9-11, you name it. You know, there's no price of admission. You don't have to get a a master's degree or a Ph.D. in that field to become an expert. You just read things on the Internet and listen to certain radio shows. And next thing you know, you're an instant expert and you get to tell everybody, yeah, we never landed on the moon. (laughs) What's making it worse. And the denier club is actually increasing faster in younger people, millennials and younger, I think because a number of sports figures and, and other people of renown in that age bracket in the marketplace have said, I don't believe. Now, these are people uh. with no qualifications to make that determination right. whatsoever other than the fact that they breathe and eat like the rest of us. But if some basketball player, for instance, says, yeah, I don't think we went to the moon. Suddenly there's this surge in young people saying <laughs> I knew it. And it, it becomes a very sexy thing to follow. All you have to do is go back to the Soviet Union's archives. They opened up in the 90s after the fall of the Soviet Union, and you will see that the KGB and other organizations, including Roscosmos, were very carefully following the Apollo landings Mm -hmm. with large radio telescope dishes. They were were listening to and tracking the spacecraft as they went to the moon, as they landed, they were listening to the moonwalks real time. And they said themselves, we knew you were there.
2: We have proof right
4: here on the graph. So if the Soviets aren't going to call us on it, yeah.
0: I think it's a pretty open and shut case. <laughs> it's pretty open and shut.
2: Well, I mean, a pretty uh, obvious question is how do those retro reflectors get there if not by humans? So
4: Right. And there's a number of countries using them. It's not just us. As early as the, the first few hours after they were placed on mm-hmm. Apollo 11. The French were trying to, uh, to bounce a laser off of them. These are mm-hmm. mirror boxes that were placed on lunar surface on each Apollo landing to reflect a laser beam back to Earth so you could measure within inches the distance between the moon and the Earth for various scientific purposes. And a lot of countries were eventually able to return that bounce signal. But again, there's just people that want to say, oh, it's a conspiracy and yeah. they're in NASA's pocket and all that. And I'm telling you, man, if the French found out those mirrors weren't there, They'd probably
0: let the world know. Yeah, they <laughs> might. It's true. So I have to be a pain in the neck right now, Rod. Oh, please. I I, uh, I went to high school <laughs> with a guy whose last name was Pyle, P-Y-L-E. And, ah. and I he, all he ever talked about was when he got out of high school, he was going to join the Marine Corps because of Gomer Pyle. Oh, no. <laughs> he did. Oh, it's all he ever talked about, oh, Rod. That's a name to live up to. A uh, name to live <sighs> up to. So you were never in the Marine Corps, were you? I never was, but I heard about Gomer all through high school and
4: and later. (laughs) And about the time that died out, Full Metal Jacket came out, which Private Pyle wiped out his his gunnery sergeant or his drill sergeant. right. So it was just tapering off, and then that happened. I said, oh, look, the stone cone killer, and I thought, oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, I had thought about changing my name at one time or another, but it just wasn't at
0: the cards. That's a great name. Rod Pyle's a great name. You sound like a tough guy. That's good. Rod Pyle sounds like a tough guy, don't you think?
4: Mr. Monosyllable,
0: yeah. (laughs) Monosyllabic name, too. I think it's wonderful. What a great, uh, great example. How long did it take you to write the book, by the way? it was a couple of years
4: you know i had uh written two or three other apollo books before this and had the benefit of spending a lot of time in the national archives a lot of time in the johnson space center archives talking to moonwalkers collecting photos both physical and online so i had a pretty good head start with all this material uh, right down to to scans of original documents i scanned probably i don't know close to a thousand documents at these various centers, including a really neat little museum called the Kansas Cosmosphere in Hutch- Hutchinson, Kansas, and um, they have incredible holdings there as well. So I was able to photograph and scan a lot of this stuff. So it was a it wasn't a terrible challenge to do it in about 18 months, maybe a little longer. Um, and it was just such great fun. I mean, to actually get paid to roll around in this stuff and yeah. go through it all again and do transcripts of the downlink and so forth. And I got to add one thing. I probably listened to the downlink from the Apollo 11 moonwalks, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 times. And that Neil Armstrong is not the one we saw in the movie First Man. He was not a stumbling around, depressive, quiet, monosyllabic guy. He was actually somewhat glib. He was quiet, but he had a very sense of humor. When he had things to say, he said them with passion. And if you listen to the downlink, he and Aldrin were both giddy. They were not close friends, but they were having a fantastic time up there, and you can hear it. It's nothing like that mythologized version that they had in the movie. So I was a little bugged by that, I have to say. Yeah.
0: Why do they do those things, you think, Rod?
4: Well, there was a book called First Man by a very brilliant guy named Jim Hansen, uh, who's a, a scholar, and he wrote a very long, I think it was about 500, 400 pages. Um, Biography of Armstrong with extensive interviews with Armstrong which are hard to get and you know that kind of set the, the key notes for the movie But then I think the director kind of took it off in a different direction As I said this sort of mythologized uh-huh. version of Neil Armstrong and made this decision to really focus on the death of his young daughter and focus on the Hospital bracelet and that sequence where Armstrong tosses the bracelet in the crater uh, during the moonwalk really has no basis in fact there's a suspicion that he might have but he never said so and jim hansen never claimed that so it's just one of those dramatic inventions that made for a powerful ending for the movie but may not have actually happened so that's always kind of a problem for me
0: rod it always works out for me when i interview someone and i learn things and i have a good time and have a few laughs so you filled all the all the criteria thank you sir thank you Rod Pyle, P-Y-L-E. The book is called First on the Moon, the Apollo 11 50th Anniversary Experience. Thank you so much, sir. I'd love to talk to you again sometime. Great pleasure. Let's do it soon. Thank you, sir. We'll be back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done?
4: At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand
0: Thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love you, working
4: man. with you. We can help any business, including a podcast, that's
0: already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, nah, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save five hundred dollars on your LASIK.
7: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other
0: offer. Zero hour nine
6: a.m. I haven't
1: seen this yet.
0: I Rocket man. I just
1: saw this last weekend. What do you think? I liked it. Dave didn't like it as much. Well, I mean, he liked it. It is kind of depressing, you know. Yeah. But I, I liked how it was done. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll, I'll go see it. Yeah.
5: Was well, John, Johnny? He, he liked it. the drugs too for a while, didn't he? Oh, that Did was, alcohol and That milk?
1: was really prominent in the movie.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a depressing kind of a thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Being confused about your sexuality, you know, drugs, alcohol. And, I mean, that's rough. That's rough
1: stuff. And they really emphasized that in the movie how he struggled. I know greatly with that, and people taking advantage of them and stuff. But I really liked it. I mean, I don't know if you want to spend the money to see it in a the theater. I mean, it'd be oh, great really? to see at home on you know, okay, you know, on your TV. It's... Yeah, we have
5: your Prozac nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 your antidepressant nearby. So that when you're, oh, man, I could, I can't in your watch. Sweatpants your sweatpants with your
1: all your uh, um, ice cream no. and <laughs> tissues.
0: I suppose. Did you see yesterday?
1: Yes, I loved it.
0: Oh, that's right, we talked about it. Yeah. you seen no, of- see oh, it No, I haven't seen it It's really so good.
6: good. It really is good. Really? It's, good. it's like a feel good
1: movie. It is.
6: Yeah, you
0: actually are happy to yeah, be there. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually happy
1: to be there. I just loved how he had to Google everything. Oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, he did, he had to Google everything. <laughs> yeah. And what was it again that, that some of the great ones? What the hell? Well, it was
1: Coke, Coca Cola.
0: Oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah, it was yeah, that just What's Coke.
1: That was That a Coke. And all of a sudden, it pans him to go into Googling, and he's like, what the heck? <laughs>
0: Yeah, all these, what happens yeah. is they yeah. lose power. The world, it was the whole yeah, world. Yeah, not power, very right? long.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a, a worldwide blackout for like twelve seconds.
0: And when they, they came back, only he remembered there were the Beatles. Nobody else had ever heard of the Beatles. And he was Coke, an
6: aspiring musician. So. All
0: right, he was. Coca-Cola didn't even exist. Pepsi did, but not Coke. And uh, cigarettes.
6: Cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> I have
0: no idea what a cigarette. is. Well,
6: that was. would be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. That would be a really good thing.
5: Ooh, the, the, oh, there's a good, <laughs> good, there's a good question. How much did Pepsi pay for that well, place? Well, yeah, oh, there no you kidding.
1: go. To wipe Holy out Coke. Holy
5: cow! Wipe out yeah,
6: Coke. <laughs> and they but did Coke have. Coke got mentioned. Oh, and yeah, it was it Product did. Place too. There was it a, there was, big was a big time yeah. Product Place with Pepsi. Was,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, Is
5: that interesting yeah. because because yeah, you know they went they went to Pepsi, they went to Coke, and they said, "Here you go,
0: we're yeah. going to do this movie." Go go you on a gonna... barrelhead, brother.
1: Well, he's lucky he had Google still, so because <laughs> otherwise right. he would have had a it.
0: You'd had to bing everything.
1: <laughs> or ask Jeeves.
0: <laughs> ask Jeeves, so, my yeah, God, was, I haven't even heard that that of that was one of the
1: very first search. Yeah, ask Jeeves. Well, well, I
5: Yahoo was pretty early on too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you search? hear about the uh, people over in India that named their child Google?
1: No. Oh yeah, new <laughs> oh, <laughs> story. Yeah. I saw that. Dear hey, Google, And they sent him a That'd be a cute name for like of a, a cat or a dog. Oh, they sent him a bag
0: of like a Google onesie. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> they gave him <them> merch. <laughs> yeah, they gave him
0: merch from Google. They, did. they gave him a handful, of, absolute, merch. Well, a handful a of merch. Well, he's a walk-in
1: advertisement, I yes, guess. He's going to walk around saying, uh, hey, my name's Google.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand why you'd want to name your kid Google because Google, G-O-G-O-L, is a one with a hundred zeros behind it. Yeah,
6: especially if you had one of those uh, things in your house. What's the Google one? There's Alexa. Oh, Google Home. There's yeah, Alexa, Google. and what's the Google one? Google it's just called Home. Oh, yeah, I thought Google it had home. a name.
1: Nope.
5: No. No. Oh. What do you call it? No.
1: Google. I think you just say, hey, Google. My phone might go off. <laughs> 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 it does that all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, unless you might be able to assign a name to it. I'm not sure, because oh, did... I don't have the... The Google one, but... Uh,
0: I would call ours Kathy, just to piss off Kathy.
1: That would be... <laughs> so, hey,
0: that, Kathy. That'd be so nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, with a C, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy. A, a baby born in November on the Indonesian island of Java was named Google, and after the story went viral, the Indonesian branch of the tech giant recently sent the family a bag of Google swag... Asia One reports. Google Indonesia called us, the baby's uh, baby boy's mom says. They express congratulations and wish that baby Google could grow up and be a helpful and useful person. Many others included in the uh, good does this mean that Google will spy on everything you say? Because that's what Google does.
5: Oh, sure. Oh they're just they're sucking that information up. Well
0: just unbelievable. That, well we
5: talked about that last week that I, I mentioned the fact that you were—you mentioned something on the
0: air, and the ad showed up on yes. your computer within yep. minutes. Happened with oh. North American Banking Company yesterday.
6: I was trying to find out the value of my luggage that was relatively destroyed by Delta, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, you know, looking around because I don't have an original receipt from a million years ago, and all of a sudden, so I, I closed out out of that. First thing that popped up on the opening page was. Those suitcases.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. So you need to buy another one, huh? Uh
6: huh. <laughs> That's terrible that they can eavesdrop
0: on people like that. That is really out of line.
5: There, in it, they're eavesdropping, not but they're, they're eavesdropping on what you enter, yep. the digital representation, what mm-hmm. you enter, but also your voice. That is, yeah, yeah,
0: that is really. Yeah, what I said yesterday because there's a pre sell to the North American Banking Company, Spots. So I said this segment of the KQ Morning Show brought to you by North American Banking Company couple of minutes later look at my screen there's a big North American banking company logo on my screen in the I was on the Star Tribune page actually so it appeared like in the corner of the Star Tribune uh, webpage or oh, is that amazing. is that
5: Coming as a result of them listening to the broad uh, the airwaves or the microphone in your
0: computer, yeah, maybe.
6: Uh, yeah, maybe you can disable the microphone in your computer. Oh, I well, mean, you
0: can disable maybe. it, doesn't There's mean no I'm real... not listening. Oh, is this really? one have a picture? I can't. Oh, this one does. There's have no a camera. real reason, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I keep does. a stamp,
6: I put a stamp on my camera. Dave puts a post
1: it,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even know there was a camera.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of
6: a cat butthole or something
1: <laughs> butthole. Here, look at that, well, we'll look at that all day
6: that that
0: again, that this.
1: be too far off because every time i go on my laptop my cats oh mom's not working let's go sit on our yep. computer it's oh, yeah. nice and warm <laughs>
0: it's it is, Well, i suppose that when you open it up yeah oh, i yeah, suppose
1: computers it, are warm
0: they would the love to get love after that, that works for me
6: i had a friend but, that used to put her cats to sleep she'd run the dryer Mm-hmm. and put a towel on top of it oh. and if oh, they were annoying God. her then she'd put them on top of the dryer on the towel and they'd just so go right to warm. sleep oh,
2: nice
0: <laughs> and warm up there absolutely
6: nap time
0: <laughs> somebody explained to me what the hell an alligator was doing in chicago
3: you hear about probably this
6: probably released from somebody yeah. who decided that that would make a great pet
0: and i'm not going to use its name in the beginning here because whoever named it is a pain in the ass
6: <laughs> dundee it,
0: it took a week but uh the alligators finally out of chicago's humboldt park lagoon chicago police confirmed to cnn that the four to five foot long american alligator in chicago well, oh. nice was caught sometime between monday night and tuesday morning by florida alligator expert frank rob oh we've had him on the show he's a good guy
6: got too big for the bathtub
0: Surprisingly, Rob used a fishing rod to catch the creature, reports NPR. One cast and done, says Rob, who became a celebrity of sorts in the city during the hunt. He used a strong line and the hook snagged the animal's tail. Ah. That's what happened. City officials believe the animal was an illegal pet, as a resident uh, suggested early on. You think? Animal Care and Control Executive Director Kelly Gandurski previously said the gator, spotted by a photographer early on July 9th, would be moved to a permanent home in an appropriate location. The city had closed part of the park near the lagoon, and Rob spotted the alligator kind of hiding in the lily pads, says a city official. I don't. They don't say who nicknamed it, but uh, the name of the alligator was Chance the Snapper. Oh, my God. <laughs> chance the snapper chance the snapper wow. chance the rapper chance the snapper what's the difference I
1: saw a thing too a, a crocodile yeah came up on the shores in Hollywood, Florida
0: a crocodile it means
1: it migrated from.
0: Yeah, I was gonna well, say. Oh. Huh. I think are
6: there, there are
0: crocodiles in? in Florida.
1: There are. I know. Just alligators. Alligators are like
5: native to that area. Yeah, But, but I thought there were crocodiles there. Too. Might while, be.
0: You might be right.
1: Well, I know every once in a while. I know that it's been known that some of the crocodiles will migrate. Well, what's a caiman? Is a Cayman a crocodile?
0: Yeah,
6: yeah. Because they have those down in like the Cayman Isles and all that kind of stuff.
2: There are crocodiles in Florida. There are. There's not many of them, and they only inhabit salt water. Yeah,
6: because they yeah. only like salt water, and most of Florida's inland water is freshwater. Yeah, and right.
1: this was like a huge crocodile that came up on your Can you imagine? No. Oh my god! It's bad crocodile enough you have to worry about sharks. Now you got to worry about croc. I just saw the movie Crawl too.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I heard that wasn't very good.
1: It, it was okay. I mean, it's, it was, it is what it, was it is. It's
5: not as bad. <laughs>
1: it was You it was bad. Berry peppers in it, and I like berry pepper, but it it was okay. Oh, I, li-
0: I do like berry it, pepper. It
1: didn't have the same pull that Jaws did, you know, no. or Lake Placid. Or
5: did it have the same? Uh, Pull is Sharknado. Yes. Oh, That's
0: the big Sharknado.
1: No, It's not as cheesy as Sharknado. I love Sharknado. <laughs> it's
5: not as cheesy. Cheesy. It's not as <laughs> cheesy.
1: It was okay. I mean, it would oh, be fine man. for like a night, like a Redbox rental type yeah. of thing. I wouldn't yeah. red box. spend $10 on Oh, they're still all
6: over the place. Believe it or not. Charts. Believe it or not, they're still all over I the place. I use Redbox all
1: the time. Yep.
0: It's mm-hmm. You cause... still have a player?
1: Mm-hmm. What? Oh,
0: wow. Are we allowed to say? No, I just – I didn't want it to – for our next holiday, I bought you a VHS player, so I don't want anybody finding <laughs> <buying> it out. <laughs> you got VHS. Hey, those,
1: those are coming back.
0: I remember oh in Colorado's 19 – How they back? were You can't worst. even
1: get
6: them. They
0: were terrible.
1: Can you buy VHS now of things? They're expensive to buy one.
0: Did I still – have my the original one that Joe McFadden gave to me for Christmas. The one that was the size of a
6: conference room the table. The size of this table,
0: <laughs> huge. It weighed—I swear to God—it weighed sixty pounds. Well, it was yeah. solid
6: state. It was
0: solid state, baby. <laughs> but you push a button, and out of the top came the thing, and you put the. Yeah. The no, we movie thought and that thing was down. pretty cool. Oh, look—we uh, can watch movies at home. Cool. Ooh. I know.
3: <laughs> Back in the the (laughs) where's my carrot? It only (laughs) it
6: only ate tapes about every five seconds. (laughs) I know.
1: Well, back in the early '80s, my grandfather put all of his stock into Betamax because he thought Betamax was going to beat VHS. So all of our home movies. All the movies that we bought, Beta. you know, like the old classic Hollywood mm-hmm. movies, he bought on Betamax. Okay,
6: what is Betamax again? I don't even it's remember. basically
1: VHS, but a smaller. little bit smaller. Yeah, and it was a oh. Sony product oh. rather than a and it was JVC expensive. product. Yeah, time. and but VH what, VHS outbeat Betamax, and uh. now you <laughs> how? I because the it movies
0: was were much smaller. You could have.
2: And they were higher quality. Betamax can only record sixty minutes, though. Oh, VHS could was. do one hundred twenty. So basically, go. Betamax was useless for movies. That's and it true. was, and
1: yeah. it was cheaper. So, so that would have been good for home movies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Economically, it was cheaper for families to own a VHS versus oh, yeah. a Betamax. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we put all the stock in Betamax. That was a big flop. Oh, well, wow, that's dear. too bad.
0: Why didn't they adjust that and, and bring it out to 120 minutes? Why didn't they fix that
2: problem? Because it was magnetic tape, so they would have had to make the tapes bigger so all the Betamax oh, players wouldn't yeah. be able to
0: fit so in. Big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was a stupid idea. Remember yeah, remember then 16, there were
6: yeah. horrible laser discs for oh, God. a while. Those were Quadra-
2: huge. Quadraphonic. That was, and yeah, all that, that was
6: supposed to be super cool. Those did not last long.
2: Well, it's laser discs no they did not
5: no, the ad, the acceleration of technology is oh. so interesting because a friend yeah. of mine yep. had a phone in his car mm. it was built into the mercedes it was built mm-hmm. into the mercedes mm-hmm. yeah, It like had an antenna phone. for it, it, and it, it and was, yeah, but it was built in you had the, you just you had your number there people like a called home phone It was like a home like, phone right? in your yeah. car yeah. Yeah. that was only about 2 or 3 years that model was available because the flip phone started to come yeah. out Right. It's,
2: it's, it just was it just goes out of out of uh, not fashion, but it goes out of uh, It becomes obsolete. Use. It, obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just watched Twister nineteen ninety six, I think, and the like high powered doctor she had a cell phone and no one had ever seen one before and it was obviously 96. it was huge yeah with so the out, and antenna. you had to pull out the antenna oh, God. And
6: <laughs> okay one want... had one of those too it was yep. like a
2: suitcase
0: <laughs> for someone
6: yeah. that hates technology he always had the he always had the newest and greatest thing mm-hmm.
0: that was bo siegel's fault why because he always bought it first and then he went uh... look at this i go oh damn it I had to Not keep up with that. the seagulls. Keep up with the seagulls. Mm, yeah, exactly. I get it. Flying with the seagulls. With Bo Seagull. You're absolutely right. Oh, by the way, Bo Seagull sent me a text message. He said, man, you look great in your European photos. So are you, are you posting nice photos of me or something?
6: I always try to make everyone look as good as I
0: can. Oh, try. As, as opposed you know, to
6: my a... daughter that it's like if I look like a Neanderthal <laughs> gargoyle, she'll post those. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm. Well, there is that. You're absolutely I think she right looks for
6: bad ones.
0: Eh, possibly.
6: Either that, or I just am not photogenic. I'm not sure
0: which one. No, it is. I'm pretty sure you're photogenic. <laughs> I think photo. Being photogenic is not a problem for you. Absolutely true. She seems
6: to be able to find really bad ones.
0: See, look, we only got 30 seconds left Uh in this segment, and we have a guest coming up, and we haven't mentioned Mm -hmm. the the fight between the squad of four and Donald Trump at all. Oh,
1: goody. I'm glad. What do you think of that? Let's not do that. Well, Charles is ready to go when we get back from the break. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that'll be great. I like that, as a matter of fact. We got about ten more seconds in this area. Oh, geez, judge may have just saved Monsanto fifty-five million dollars. Mm. That's something I want to talk about tomorrow. Bear mm. still plans to appeal March verdict over Roundup's alleged link to cancer. Is it beyond allegation now? I, I don't, don't know. know. We'll take a break. Be right back. Special guest up next with the family.
5: If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and
0: close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Hi, it's Tom. After achieving my goal of losing 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy brothers and the amazing staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I'd like to encourage you to let Nutrimost help you shed those unwanted pounds too. Besides eating fresh foods, another one of the reasons that the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan works so well is the one-on-one coaching that you receive. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, how long have you been trying to lose weight on your own without the help of a coach? When you have someone keeping you accountable, it makes achieving your goal so much easier. Make a commitment to your health and let Nutrimost help you with your weight loss journey. I encourage you to schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimost free dinner at six thirty p.m. on Monday, June twenty fourth, at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutrimost guarantees that you lose twenty pounds or more. Call now seven six three 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 seven three three seven. Norman Greenbaum. Mm-hmm. There are not many songs about Jesus written by a guy named Norman Green. No,
1: there is only all the Christmas songs.
0: I like it. Yeah, sure. All the Christmas songs are very true. I like that. Works for me. Kenny G Christmas. Damn right. One giant leap, the impossible mission that flew us to the moon. Charles Fishman, how are you doing, Charles?
7: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Everything's going really, really well. What a great subject for today. President John F. Kennedy astonished the world on May 25, 1961, and when he announced to Congress that the United States should land a man on the moon by 1970, no group was more surprised than the scientists and engineers at NASA. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's true. One giant leap will still—I mean, that's been in my head now for 50 years, obviously. And when you use those three words together, one giant leap— one, yeah. You you absolutely know who you're talking about, where he said it, and when he said it. Is that not right, Charles? I,
7: I think that's absolutely true. The the phrase is really associated with going from the earth to the moon in in eight years. And you know what? Isn't it nice that 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 incredible, really impossible undertaking at that moment is associated with that phrase? It really was. Yep. It was a giant leap in. Half a dozen
0: ways. It was, absolutely. Why do you think it is that President Kennedy, just uh, a few months after he became president of the United States, decided, you know what? We're going to go to the moon. <laughs> I
2: yeah. mean,
0: to make that statement right after he became president was kinda, kind of a bold move, wasn't it, Charles?
7: Well, it, it, was, it was certainly a bold move. I don't, I don't have to offer my opinion. We, we know why he did it. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, uh, there's, there's actual facts this is history. Um, Look, um, the Russians were um, really uh, crushing the United States in space in that era. They did everything first. They had the first spaceship of any kind. That was Sputnik. They launched the first animals to space and recovered them safely. They launched the first probe that went to the moon. They launched the first astronaut. They launched the first female astronaut. They launched the first spacecraft with two people in it. They did the first spacewalk where they opened the hatch in space and went outside. Kennedy was really upset. He said, coming in second in space is the same as losing. And I don't think the United States should be losing to the Soviet Union. And so he he said, how do we, I don't want to like pull even with them. I don't want this to be like a horse race. I want to leapfrog. I want to win. How do I do that? And NASA said, and the, the, the people who, who knew the, the, the space world then said, the only way to win is to say we're going to go to the moon. Because although they are ahead, going to the moon is so hard that, that the lead they have now won't help them. They have to really reach far. And he said, great, let's do it. You know what's really I mean, interesting? It's, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sir. No, I was going to say, he, he, he didn't just say, great, let's do it. There was a... It was a process, but it was not a long process. It, this, this, was, this, this sort of uh, frustration was sparked by the Russians putting the first human being in space, time, and he said, let's go to the moon six weeks later. And during that six weeks, there was an incredibly intense effort to make sure this was the right goal and also to make sure it was something that could actually be achieved. He, he was told there was only a fifty-fifty chance of making it to the moon uh, safely, on time, and back. And here's here's part of leadership. What he knew was announcing the goal would change the odds, would make the odds much better, mm. because people would rally to the cause.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Actually, the. Um I don't know the whole situation with going to the moon. I mean obviously I was a I was a little boy when it happened, but I do remember watching it on television. It was fascinating to watch people walk on on the moon. <laughs> and they're swinging <laughs> they're swinging golf clubs and they remember that they they had uh, who was it that had the golf club with? Them? Was that on the initial mission or was, was that a couple missions later?
7: No, no, that was a couple of missions in. I believe right, that right. was Alan Shepard with the Oh, golf that's team. right. We, but really, we don't forget. We flew three General Motors cars to the moon and drove them
2: around. <laughs> That's
7: like we, right. We, we kind of we did this when we when we decided we were going to do it. We did it right. We gave the astronauts the last three machines. They had they had a car. That's, once you get there, you want to be able to look around.
0: Yeah, you want to drive around in comfort. Yeah, you know, that would make sense. You want, you want to be. How did they ever fit in a car with all that uh, the space suits on and all the yeah.
7: rest? <laughs> You know that, that the lunar rover was a is a is a little story of of amazement all its own. It only weighed 460 pounds. Really, and the the seats were webbed uh, to keep the weight low. Well, on one sixth lunar gravity, uh, although the astronauts with their spacesuits would have weighed something like 350 pounds back on Earth, on the moon they only weighed about 60 pounds, and so you didn't need You didn't need to build it for the weight and mass of the equipment on Earth. You were doing it for the moon. And and it it was really ingenious. Each wheel had its own little motor so that you couldn't get bogged down and get trapped. And um, it was solar-powered. It was electric. Uh, It had a color TV camera on the front. The the Lunar Rover changed the game. It it meant that you could travel 8 or 10 miles away from where you landed that you could really pick five things you wanted to study and go study them. It meant you could see something and dash over there and, and look at it. And you know what? It was also just a heck of a lot of fun to drive. The astronauts loved it. It was a kick. They, you can hear them laughing while they're driving. It It was so much fun. Um,
0: you know, I've never heard anybody go in-depth talking about what it was like to be you know, among the first people on the moon. It's been talked about, but as far as like really getting inside some of these guys' heads and how did it actually feel, how did it affect you emotionally and intellectually, and that's a fascinating story. What it must have felt like 220,000 miles away, standing on the moon, I you, I will never know what that feels like. It had to be amazing.
7: <laughs> well, you know, you've Maybe you've stood at the Grand Canyon. Maybe mm-hmm. you've stood mm-hmm. at the foot of a glacier. Right there are. Look, if you go out to the deserts of, of, the Great West, Arizona and Colorado, in a in a in a kind of isolated place, at night and look up at the sky, the sky is truly amazing. So you can, you can have a kind of incredible experience here on Earth. Only twelve people have been to the moon. And they were both one kind of personality at some level. Eleven of the twelve were military, U.S. military pilots. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a particular kind of quality of person. But they also reacted very, very differently. You know, they all had. Those twelve people have written eighteen books. Um, So if you want to, if you want to know how they felt, you can you can dive in. You know, Buzz Aldrin was the second man on the moon. Mm -hmm. He loves talking about the experience, but he also came back and and had a big struggle. He was an alcoholic. He got divorced. He really had to sort of figure out how to cope with it. Neil Armstrong was sort of the the smart choice to be the first person on the moon, but he didn't enjoy having been the first person on the moon. That is so clear. He he did everything that people asked him to do. He was great when he came back. Gracious, smart. He didn't he didn't vent frustration or anything, but he wasn't enjoying it. He did want be the center of attention. He was the center of attention for the whole rest of his life. Yeah. So, Yeah. You know, one of the one of the guys. I I don't have all the names right in my brain. One of the guys became a painter, and Alan Bean. That's Alan Bean, and and sort of. Did just what you're talking about. He really absorbed right. the emotional experience of right. going to the moon, and turned it into art. He said, "I want to try and convey the feeling that I had by 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 doing paintings that conjure that feeling in you." So, uh, I, I flew in zero gravity to write the book. That's not the same, but wow, pretty <laughs> that close. Was a, that was yeah, not no, but it was a while. <laughs> and one, I mean, I wanted. But that's why I did it. I did it just to get the tiniest taste of what that space travel experience was like as I was working on the book. And also, it's more fun to fly in zero gravity than it is to go through the archives of NASA. So I thought it was was time to have some fun. Charles,
0: Charles, the reason (laughs) I ask you that is you look at, and you already talked about the fact that Neil Armstrong was kind of uh, uh, a very laid-back guy and kind of a private guy, and that's the way he handled the whole situation. And, you know... Painting, doing paintings to try to bring out your feelings about being on the moon. But you mentioned Buzz Aldrin, and I've talked to Buzz a few times. He's a very nice guy. But <laughs> what well, I asked him one time, and he actually laughed at this because he's got a good sense of humor. I said, "You know, you got one guy who's very doesn't want to talk a whole lot about it. Buzz, you went to the moon, second man on the moon. You came back, drank a lot, got divorced, and gotten fist fights." All right. <laughs> remember that he got in all these fist fights all the time. It's like, Buzz, what are you doing?
7: And what did he say?
0: He just said, hey, you know, the, I was, that was Buzz before I was on the moon, and it's Buzz after I was on the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
7: That's basically what he said. Well, just, just to be fair to Buzz Aldrin, he also has a doctorate from yeah. MIT. Yeah. Uh, and and he, his thesis is about how you fly in space, and it was considered so brilliant and so insightful that it really became the handbook. Down at, at Houston, down at the manned Spacecraft Center, for helping other astronauts learn how to do that. So he 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 does now in his eighties. He has this reputation for being a little bit wacky, but <laughs> he was also he was also brilliant. And in fact, the the, the best, widely considered the best book um, about going to the moon was written by Michael Collins, who was their crewmate on mm-hmm. Apollo Eleven mm-hmm. and didn't land. He he went. You know, he stayed in orbit, but, but really beautiful, uh, beautifully written account of what it was like to become an astronaut and what it was like to fly in space. You know, the, my book is about the other end of the equation. My book is really devoted to the people back on Earth. There were uh, almost half a million people, 410,000 people worked just to send uh, 21 guys to the moon. Uh, 11, 11 missions, seven of which made it to the moon, or it depends on how you count. And 410,000 people, more people working on going to the moon than fighting in Vietnam for three wow. years of the war. And so wow. the, the, the story's almost always told from the perspective of the astronauts, and that's, mm-hmm. that's understandable. But I really wanted to bring to life the people who made the lunar module and the people who sewed the spacesuits, those kinds of people as well.
0: You know, I always ask this question, Charles, when we talk about the um, one giant leap and all the rest of it. Why do some people want to believe it never happened? I don't understand that.
7: Well, that's 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 a better question than um, is it a conspiracy? Why do they? Right. I think I I don't I don't know, and you don't want to be condescending. I don't. I haven't spent you know, a month interviewing people like that, which is, as a reporter, how I would typically try and answer that question. I would, like, go to them and say, why do you think that? Right. But, but the sense you get is that they are simply skeptical of the government. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a ridiculous thing to think. It's, it's not just ridiculous. It's so disrespectful mm-hmm. to those 410,000 people who devoted a decade of their life to making this happen, not not to mention Buzz Aldrin might come and punch you, but, <laughs> um, but here's, Very good. here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was a race with the Russians, with the Soviet Union. When Apollo 11 got to the moon on July 19th, the day before the, the landing, there was a Russian, there was a Soviet um, unmanned robotic probe in orbit, Luna 15. It had been launched Two days, three days before Apollo 11. The job of Luna 15 was to land on the moon real quick, send out a, you know, extend a scoop, scoop up moon rocks and dirt, oh. blast back off from the moon, and make it back to the Soviet Union before Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins could bring the rocks home on Apollo 11. Then the Soviets could say, we got the moon rocks first, mm-hmm. and we didn't even need people to do it. And unfortunately for the Russians, Luna 15 crashed into the side of a mountain that they didn't know was there. And so Whoops. it didn't, it, a sister ship succeeded a year later. But here's the point if we had faked any part of this, the Russians would have announced it Correct. In, instantly. And you know what? They would have announced it with joy, with satisfaction. Oh, yeah. Because right to the end, they were racing us in their own way that they were still capable of. There is no way the Soviets would have kept a quote-unquote secret. So you could think whatever you want. There was no conspiracy. And you know what? I want to live in the world where this happened. Because that's a world where ordinary people, people just like you and me, people just like today's Americans, did this almost unimaginably challenging undertaking. I don't want to live in some pinched world where there's a conspiracy and they did it on a TV set. That's... It's not true, it's disrespectful, but it's also a strange way. Uh, Prove to me the American Revolution happened. Yeah, I don't know, maybe the government made, it's a good story, maybe the government made it up to make us all patriotic. How can you prove
0: it? it? Ladies and gentlemen, one giant leap, the impossible mission that flew us to the moon, and by the way, Charles, your answer is every smart guy I've asked that, that's the exact answer they give. Why would we do that? And why would the Russians not rat us out? Very good answer, Charles. Thank you, sir.
7: My pleasure. Thank you, guys.
0: Have a great day. Charles Fishman, One Giant Leap, the impossible mission that flew us to the moon. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.